0: I think this initial look, we're going to try to restrict our focus to high-level impressions, maybe mostly focused on the actual, you know, new mix, you know, disc one of, of the set, uh, the uh, de-swamped, the drain-the-swamp version of Fragments, uh, excuse me, I have time out of mind, um, and, uh, and continue to work at this over time, because there's just so much I can't begin to even metabolize all of it quite yet.
1: No, it's a thick motherfucker. I, I have listened to all of it,
0: but... um, I've listened to all of it, too, but, like, there's so much... I, you know, I, I think the the alternate cuts, which make up discs 2 and 3, or, you know, uh, LPs 2 and 3, or 2 through... Fucking... Whatever. The the discs two and 3 uh, are kind of all over the place, and some of them are so different from the versions we, we have come to know, and some of them are also so similar to the versions we've come to know and like being able to tease out which one is where I think is, he's going to be a really rewarding thing to ultimately do, but not something that I at least feel uh, super prepared to uh, make calls on here tonight. But I know, I know that you have strong feelings about the way that yeah. time out of mind, the record, the new mix, how it sounds here in, 2023 this is the 2022 mix they're calling it which is funny um do you have any do you have any opening opening thoughts opening statements on the drain the swamp version
1: i will just say that i think that there are certain songs on it that 100 percent undeniably i feel are better hmm. off top of my head make you feel my love on this version is the definitive version of this song, as far as I'm concerned, from this point forward, I don't think I'll ever lo- want to listen the, to the other one.
0: The definitive version,
1: as far as recorded, yeah. But compared to the first, the I, I just so you just is, the,
0: the previous version, just throw it in the gutter. Yeah. done with it. Book closed. Yeah, pay no mind. Hundred percent. Wow. The
1: reason being that with this version, what you get is a clearer, and this is true across the board, but especially on that song you get this clarity this vivid clarity of his vocal and on that song taking stuff away only adds to it because it's a perfect song it's a perfect performance and if you there's it would be perfect it was if it was just him and a piano it's a matter of understanding that, that I think went into making this mix of it and clearing away some stuff, which now in retrospect feels like, you know, it absolutely was gilding the lily. And I think making this song feel genuinely um, a little bit corny where it really wasn't like the performance isn't. And there were certain things that just would have overall, I feel like for another artist, the things that Daniel Lanois offered would have been like a saving grace. They would have been, you know, magic as a producer to come in and be able to offer these things that give such depth and texture and generally would have been incredibly positive. It's not, they're not bad. Nothing Daniel Lanois did on these records, uh, on this record, when he made it originally, I don't think it's bad. But when, you're talking about doing that to Bob Dylan. There are moments when it becomes
0: inappropriate. Inappropriate.
1: Yeah, where it's like Bob Dylan is singing this song where his voice alone, the context that comes with him just doing anything is so freighted with like weight that you can afford to, know, to back off. And um, I think the fact that there are any points on the original, which this version has, I think, made clear that there are some points um, where he feels even a tiny bit, even an inch smothered by production, that's a failed moment that could be cleared up. Like, you've got Bob Dylan fucking singing some of his best stuff. Right. You don't need to do shit to that. You just need to, like
0: present it right yeah i think i think make you feel my love is a perfect example of a song that benefits from this treatment here um you know the clearing away and the uh really focusing in the the, the drying out of this uh, this is a dry ass record uh the original <laughs> time out of Mine is wet it is moist it is sopping it is dripping and this one is dry enough to, you know, catch catch fire from a flick the uh, flicked off cigarette butt out of your car window. <laughs> um, I do I do want to say uh, mm. I do feel like Lenoir is kind of he's in a fucking difficult position. I got to say with sure. the guy because the, because this whole record is being rolled out as like, here it is, it's, there is no more Daniel Lanois, fuck that shit, and he's been trotted out, like, he was just on Visha show, uh, and he's done other, a couple other interviews as well, and he's got to just, like, make a case for himself, but then also not put down this new this new set. He's just, the guy's in a tough position, I feel for him. <laughs> it's, yeah. I, from what I understand about the time out of mine recording sessions, and I, and I am going to learn more, I, you know, I, ha- I just got home to this set yesterday, and I haven't read all the liner notes from Steven and from, I forget who the other guy is. Uh, But just knowing what I already know, it was a difficult. It was a difficult recording, you know, process. It took months. Bob started in Oxnard at the Teatro Theater, um, right up the right up the old one hundred and one from where we grew up, um, and then shifted gears, shifted fucking everyone to Florida. I think Miami uh, for the remainder of the sessions. A couple months later, uh, after having been so fed up with the way that the initial recordings went. and he just had so many people coming in to the studio. If you look at like the credits, like the drummers alone: Winston Watson, Tony Mangurian, uh, uh, Jim Keltner, uh, David Kemper. Like there are at least four different drummers just credited on this record alone. Uh, to say nothing of the guitarists um, and the other session players that are coming through. And so there was so there was a, there was just there was so much chaos. I think, and Bob was having such a hard time, and Lanois was having such a hard time that. I think from where we're sitting now here today, it is easy to say, you have Bob Dylan, and you have some of the greatest material of his career, right? All you got to do is just hit play or hit record on the mic and capture it and and put it on the record, and you're gold. Um, But I think at the time, in in, in the moment, coming out of those sessions, I think that, especially for a guy like Lanois, who clearly you know, uses the studio and, and is really focused on the way that these things come together and what can be produced after the fact, not just when mics are rolling, you know, in the actual recording sessions, um, I think it must have felt like a fucking nightmare and a catastrophe and just way too much going on, too many cooks in the kitchen, and like he was just trying to hold everything together. Um, and so the finished product that you get on Time Out of Mind initially, you know, the the initial record. Is sort of, you know, I think is, is a, um, is a reflection of that, is, is a reflection of these two different visions that don't necessarily always mesh, um, and that certainly didn't mesh when they were trying to make this fucking thing because they were both pissed and unhappy with the way that everything was going.